Hey, friend, just a quick note before we get started. This episode, I decided to split it into two parts because it was so long and so jam-packed full of value. Rather than having an hour and a half, I figured two 45-minute episodes would be great. So I talked with Sean Blanc, who's an awesome guy. First half is going to be about his story and how he became a full-time writer online. And then also we talked a lot about how to identify your target audience and then grow your audience by creating specifically for your ideal listener. And he really went into a deep dive about how he thinks about uh, defining an audience and then connecting with them. So I love this uh, I love this episode, first part this week, second part next week. So I hope you stay tuned and let's go ahead and jump in. Welcome to episode 72 of the podcast, dude. My name is Aaron Dowd. This is a show about podcasting. I want to help you make a great podcast. So if this is your first time listening, welcome. I've got a special guest today. I don't always have guests, but uh, but I'm, I'm fortunate and blessed to be joined by Mr. Sean Blanc. Uh, Sean Blanc is a writer, small business owner, productivity coach, and creative entrepreneur living in Kansas City with his wife and their three sons. And uh, Sean's, a, Sean's a member of our community. He spoke at our Sean West conference this year, but he's been teaching and learning about creativity, diligence, and focus for over a decade now. And his online courses have helped thousands of people do their best creative work while learning to thrive in the midst of life's tensions. So a while back, Sean sent an email that caught my attention. He was writing about the importance of creating a customer avatar. So that's knowing who you're creating for and what you want to help them achieve or what kind of person you want you want to help them become. And I thought it was really interesting. So I sent him an email right back and I said, Sean, do you want to come on the show to talk about this? Because I think podcasters need to hear about this idea of customer avatar and then also content strategy. So Sean agreed to, and, and Sean also shares my passion for productivity and focus, uh, so much so that he's, he's actually gathered 12 incredibly smart people for a five-day online summit about the power of a focused life. And that's going to be starting, I believe, as this episode comes out, if you're listening to this in your podcast player, it's, it's starting today, I think. So I'll include a link in the show notes and we'll, uh, we'll tell you the link to that later, but I'm excited about that. So in this episode, I want to talk with Sean about why you as a podcaster need to create a customer avatar, know who you're creating for, develop a content strategy, and then also the benefits of deep focus, what we call deep work, uh, and how just a few small changes to your daily habits can lead to big improvements in your productivity and creative output. So I think, Sean, that's actually one of the longer intros I've ever done. <laughs> that was super long. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for joining me today, man. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks, Aaron. I love it. Super excited to be here. Thank you. All right. So we're going to play my outro music, and then we're going to jump in. I'm going to ask you about, uh, ask you about how you got here, because I like, I like your story. So welcome to episode 72 <laughs> of the podcast, dude. Thanks. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't make it clear if you were supposed to respond to that or not. Oh, I, I uh, said I said thanks. You, you did great, man. You're you're awesome. <laughs> I, was, I was too um, busy grooving to, to the music. Right? Isn't this nice? Sean McCabe oh. wrote this. Uh, <laughs> so my name is Aaron Dowd. If this is your first time joining, I'm, I'm 31. I live near Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, Sean Blanc, my guest today to talk about podcasting and just so many good things, man. I could talk to you all day. So, okay. So I gave I gave an introduction, and really I think of you as a writer and a, as a creator of an online course called the Focus Course, which is great. But you're so much more than that. So do you want to give everyone a, a quick introduction to how you got here, where you where you came from, and then I'd also kind of like to hear 
what were your biggest struggles over the years of getting to the point to where you're at right now? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so I'm in Kansas City uh, originally. I'm from Denver, so I'm kind of Colorado guy at heart. Yeah. Um, my, I've been married for, I don't know, like 12 years, going on 12 years. Uh, my wife and I have three boys, so it's insane over here it's at our house. We call them, uh, the first two, we used to call them the twin tornadoes. Um, and then we just had our third uh, about eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Love it. Love, love being a dad. Um, and let's see. So I used to be a drummer. I know I got a lot of musicians around here. I think Sean McCabe. Yeah. He plays, he plays a little bit of music, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he writes, he used to write music just like he used to do lettering, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I still, <laughs> I still play drums. Actually I played a show the other night. It was fun. Come on, bro. Yeah. So, that's good. yeah. So I used to play drums for uh, a large ministry here in Kansas city and um, actually then ended up transitioning out of that long story, but ended up uh, becoming the marketing and creative director. Um, so I ran a team, our in-house design team. We had about 17 people of you know web developers, print designers, uh, hmm. web designers, writers, editors, uh, project managers, whatever. Um, did a bunch of stuff. One of our huge things, we'd host a conference at the end of the year. I was around 25,000 people would come out for that. So that was hmm. like, uh, did that for several years. And then my wife and I, we got pregnant with our, our first kid. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I don't want to do this work as a dad. And yeah. uh, part of it was just, you know, super, super uh, demanding. Anyone who has experience uh, working in kind of like the, the corporate uh, design scene, like, you know, it's just, it's a very, very demanding uh, spot because everything is urgent all the time. Right, right. Uh, so uh, anyways, I was doing like 80 hours a week. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had yeah. a lot of fun, but I was like, there's no way I can, I don't want to do 80 hours a week as a dad. Yeah. Um, so I had that. Plus, I had this uh, little blog on the side where I'd been writing about kind of marketing stuff. Hmm. And so I felt like, you know what, this would be a good opportunity to to quit what I've been doing, take a leap, see if I can take my website full time, and can I could I blog for a living? Basically, was kind of the the, the thought. And I was doing about a thousand bucks a month in advertising and kind of some affiliate stuff. And I mm -hmm. figured if I could give it a you know full time forty hours a week that I could get the revenue up to a, a spot where I needed it to basically pay the bills. And then I figured it could grow from there. How old were um, you at this point? How old was I? I was, I think I was just about 30, not quite 30. So like oh, 29. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I made that jump. And so, yeah, so I asked everyone that was on reading on the site. Um, I said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm quitting. I'm going to do this thing full time. And I asked people if they would be interested in supporting me to, to write the site for a living, basically. And I was like, if you like what I'm doing, I'll write more if you want to give me some money to do it. And so I did this little membership drive and I was charging, going to charge three bucks a month for membership. And then I was doing a daily podcast is like the perk of membership. Yeah. Are you, you're not still doing that, are you? It, it's on hiatus at the moment. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be diving back into the podcast scene uh, starting you know, early 2017. Oh, uh, interesting. Anyways, yeah, we can I, talk more about later that later if you want. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love. I, I miss podcasting. It's fun. It's so like yeah, it. it's so fun. So so you so you decided to ask people to support you, give you three dollars a month to to go full time with your writing. Yeah, basically. And so I needed. I figured if I could get five hundred people, then that three bucks a month. That's fifteen hundred bucks plus the other thousand I was doing. That'd be twenty five hundred a month. Um, which isn't a ton, but I figured that would be enough. Like I, that would, that could at least cover the bare necessities and I figured things could grow from there. Uh, so I made this announcement. We got people that, um, you know, signed up. We ended up hitting the 500, uh, person mark, uh, by the end of the month before I had even quit. So I started day one 
of my new job, April 4th, 2011, uh, basically fully funded as an independent um, blogger. And but that was exciting. This, it was, yeah, it was really exciting. Kind of felt like I got this permission slip from yeah. my audience to to go for it, which I think as a creative person, that's like sometimes you need that, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. you just want to be like, mm-hmm. do you guys care, <laughs> like, right? Uh, you know, I'm here, I'm, I'm I'm making this stuff, and you know, like a lot of the 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 work that we do as like creative entrepreneurs, artists, it's it's for your audience, and, and we're yep. I know we're going to talk about this in a little bit, like the the customer avatar profile. And it's like for these people that you really want to, you want to serve them. And when you hear back from them that they go, Hey, we like what you're doing, you know, you know, let's, let's keep the relationship going or whatever, you know, and uh, you kind of DTR with your audience. There's, I don't know, there's something, there's something cool about that, that kind of permission slip a moment. Uh, You know, it's like when you sell your first product or whatever it is and, and people are, are interested, you get your first uh, positive review of, of mm-hmm. on iTunes mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, and there, I mean, obviously, then there's going to be all the, the the junk that comes later, but whatever. <laughs> Some of the haters that come you later, you forget about that stuff and you just keep moving on. It's so, true. It's true. Yeah. So, so that's that's awesome. What were when you think back, did you do you remember any big struggles or hurdles that you really had to overcome about that period in your life? I think the biggest. I think a lot of God, so many. Um, the one. <laughs> I think the one that I would maybe go back and, and tell my younger self, it, it's hard to say like, uh, you know, if I could do it differently, I would do it this other way because, um, like, like, you know, who knows? Like if I, right, right. If, I, if I had done things differently, maybe it wouldn't turn out the way that, that I thought it would. But I think one of the biggest struggles for me was asking for money. And, mm. you know, I mean, it was a huge challenge related to the, the membership drive, yeah. doing that and just asking folks to support me on a regular basis. Uh, to to write for a living, and I was like, you know, who am I? Like, what kind of a dork? You know, hey, hey, you know, give me money so I can blog for a living. You, nobody you know, pays like, really? for things exactly. online anymore. It's like nobody wants to pay for writing. Exactly. So that was a huge uh, challenge, and it's continued to be a challenge for you know for for years. Over you know, I've been doing this almost for six years now, full time. And when I came out with my first book, it was called Delight Is in the Details, and it was kind of an ebook package type of a thing. I did some interviews. And I charged $29 for it. And I felt like this huge, huge hypocrite because it was this feeling of, well, this is just, you know, it's information and information should be free on the internet. And why would anyone ever buy this? And I just felt like there was no value um, mm. in this thing that people were, would, would pay for it. Um, but I, I was like, I got it. I got to do it. Anyways, I'm in charge yeah. for it. So, um, did you so feel think, if sorry to jump in, but did you feel like at the time, did you really feel like $30 was a lot of money? Oh my gosh. No, I, I woke up feeling sick to my stomach the day that I was going to launch it. I felt, um, I, I was like, I can't believe how what much did you I'm think asking. was going to happen? I thought that people would buy it, uh, because yeah. they trusted me and they would read it and then, uh, come and burn my house down <laughs> because I had ripped them off so bad. I would, I charged so much money for something and I, you know, like I just didn't, I just had a very, um, it was, your, well, I, it was I, your first time launching a product, right? It, it was, it was my first product launch ever. Um, and I ended up doing like $5,000 in, in that first, uh, I think it, there was like a 48 hour launch window. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I made 5,000 bucks that first couple right. of days. And that's really cool. So it, it, in, in hindsight, it was this huge inflection point for me, uh, of going like, oh wow, you know, I can actually like, I made you know, I think I spent about a hundred hours building the thing, you know, made five grand from it in the first week. And I was like, whoa, like that's, 
that was a great return on my time and investment. And now I have this product that I can continue to sell. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think over, you know, since then, I think in the in the last four or five years that that I, I've sold, I think it's I want to say fifty thousand total that it's sold. Yeah, um, over the years or something like that, uh, which is you know which is awesome, right? Like there's yeah there's so- something great about great, creating a product, and it actually changed. A lot of you know, they get kind of changes the relationship with your audience to, to where now you're creating products for them for them to buy, um, you know. But like just that initial, it was I just felt so like twenty nine bucks was so much money, um, you know. And I think that was probably the biggest that struggle of of being able to properly identify how much value I'm providing people mm. and to price it correctly. Like that's just hard. That is and, hard. And I think that's why you should start selling stuff as early as possible because you got to learn like you there isn't a formula for how much value you're providing and how much you should charge for it like you can't just yeah. plug your stuff into a worksheet and and get a number back right like you have to you know you got to feel out the market your your market your audience your your skill level like your how much polish you're doing how much depth of information you're providing or, or whatever it is the, the the skill or the service or the the product that it is that you're selling you got to learn. You got to learn how to make money and learn how to price your stuff. And so it's hard to it's it's hard to do it when you're starting. And so I think that would be the the biggest challenge for me at the beginning was getting comfortable asking for money and learning to 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 like accurately price my stuff. Yeah, and then and then the other thing is that once you launched that book and got familiar with all that stuff that was like a stepping stone to your future products, your your future books, future courses, everything else that you were doing. I'm sure at that point you felt like, okay, I've done this once already. Now it's just like riding a bike. Now I just got to get back on and keep pedaling, keep going. Yeah, absolutely. It really was a huge stepping stone just to see, like, I think one thing, one thing I loved about creating and launching a product was there was like a start and an end date to it, right? Like there was a clear, you know, this thing's got to ship. And so like, yeah. I worked on it and then like I was done and and put it out there. And boom, now it's it's there. I'm done, right? It's out in the world. And obviously, like you iterate on it, and and you know, a year later I added some new interviews, added some new chapters, um, cr- created some videos, remastered all the audio for the audiobook, um, and things like that. And <laughs> so okay, it's, it's a super random story mm-hmm. uh related to this. It's like the relaunch of Delight is in the details. It's a year later after it had come out. And um you know, it, it's I, I put it out there, and, and people are buying it during that that relaunch uh, period for delays and details. You know, quite like two two whatever. Mm-hmm. And I get an email from someone going, um, you know, hey, I was just listening to you know the audiobook, and the last chapter, uh, it sounds like you know it's not edited correctly. Something's something's weird about the last chapter. You should check it out. And so I go in because I recorded the audiobook by myself and edited it by myself. So yeah. I go, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm wondering. So I, I open up the audiobook for the last chapter. I'm listening to it. And it's the, like, it is the original take that I did of the book. And the way that I did the audiobook, right, I'm reading it uh, into my microphone, you know, in GarageBand. And I would, you know, if I goofed up in the middle of a paragraph, I would just take a pause. I'd go, okay, again. And then I would start talking again, right? And that was like my <laughs> marker. <laughs> right, like, like that's my marker. Right? <laughs> and so it's like the last chapter of the book was <laughs> that track, right? Like the whole thing. So it's like, I mean, the the audio track should have been like whatever, like ten or twelve minutes for that chapter, and it was like thirty minutes. 
<laughs> because of all my edits and retakes and pauses. It's the whole thing. <laughs> and what's worse is it was there from the very beginning for a year. I'd been selling that thing. <laughs> and I was just mortified. Like and nobody, uh, mortified. nobody said anything. No one said anything. They just like, I'm like, either like no one listened to it, or when they listened <laughs> to it, they just assumed that like that was I, I I just don't even know. I was just so mortified, right? But like, you know, and that was, I mean, there you go. Like what what worse thing can happen, right? And here I was right. so earlier, right. I had been so concerned about, you know, selling something that people weren't gonna consider valuable. Here's this huge, huge, like just what a mistake, you know, like what a goof. And I like, need to remind everyone, and I need to remind everyone that this audiobook was called Delight is in the Details, right? <laughs> right? Like the irony, right? Like the irony of that is Oh, it's so rough, man. It's all about I know. And that was one of the like that was one of the selling points of the book, too. I was like, <laughs> if you buy this book, it's a case study in set sweating the details itself. And you'll see all the areas of the the, the that I've sweated the details in, you know, this product, and you can, you know, check, you know, whatever. And uh, yeah, it was. Oh man, I was. But mortified. thankfully, no. But thankfully, no one came and burned down your house. And it was over a year before anyone even said anything. Because I, I don't know. Part of part mm -hmm. of I think a lot of us are so curious about people who do such good work that whenever a mistake does happen, it's almost like humanizing. It's almost oh, like now I, I can relate to this person because they're not a hundred percent on top of everything all the time either. Like I yep. struggle. I make a lot of mistakes. So it's kind of nice when you see like a, a really a really awesome musician on stage, like mess up a part and then just jump back into it. You're like, oh, they are humans too. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. But exactly. nobody burned your house down, thankfully. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's so helpful to ship early. Is yeah. you, you, start, you start getting stuff out the door and you just start learning. And yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I tell people this a lot too when it comes to podcasts. If you're, gonna, if you're thinking about making a podcast... There's so many things that you can tweak and improve and work on forever, but it's so much better to just like, okay, what's the minimum that I have to do? I want to try to do a good job, but let's like, let's do this, let's ship it, and then let's iterate and improve on it every single week rather than sit there and, because otherwise you just, you just pick at it endlessly and you tweak these little things endlessly. And before mm -hmm. you know it, it's been a year and a half and you've got three episodes or five episodes that you recorded you know, 18 months ago that you're still working on. And in the meantime, nothing has happened. Yep, exactly. And I think as well, we have this, um, like we have this picture of what we want it to look like and how it's going to be, but yet we have zero experience mm. yet. You know, yeah. and it's, it, I, I like, you know, I like the analogy of, you know, those life-size mazes, um, you know, especially like around Halloween, Thanksgiving, you know, there's you know, the <laughs> corn mazes, right? Like yeah, literally yeah. like the corn mazes. And and you go out there and there's these giant things and it's you know imagine someone standing at the entrance to this life size maze, mm -hmm. staring at the entrance to it, and in their mind trying to figure out the way to get to the end so they can get straight mm. to the end the fastest way possible mm. without making any mistakes along the way, right? Impossible, not going to happen. You have to go in the maze. You got to turn left. Realize you should have turned right. Then turn around. Go right. You got to you got to go through the thing. To, to make it through. And it's that, um, I like the phrase, action brings clarity. And we're waiting for clarity before taking any action. And it's totally not going to happen, right? You got to start moving and you just got to get it going. Um, and then you just course as you go. And you start to realize what are the things that you should major on and what are the things that you shouldn't. Uh, so, yeah. That's an incredible analogy. And I'm totally going to use that in the future now. Because <laughs> that's, it's perfect. It is perfect. Like, 
you you sit there and you think, okay, you can you imagine yourself being at the end of the maze, and you see that like that's because that's where uh, there's a bunch of other people, your friends have gone through that maze, and they're at the end. So you're like, all right, I get got to get to the end fast, and I like I can't make any mistakes. I can't take a wrong term. I got to try to get get through it as fast as possible because all my friends are already there, and that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly, you, you do have to go through it. That's so that's really incredible. Okay, so let's talk about, I promised at the beginning we would talk about uh, creating a customer avatar and then developing content strategy on this. So you sent out an email and you were talking about this. Did you do something, and, and well, I'll, first I, wanna, I want you to explain how you think about customer avatars, uh, and then if you did something like that for yourself when you were just starting, or if this was something that evolved over time. So customer avatar and content strategy, go. <laughs> Sweet. All right, let's just unpack this in like yeah, 20 yeah. seconds. Um, just kidding. No, this is great. So for me, when I first started as a writer, I'm you know, I'm doing Seanblanc.net. Like that was it. That was my whole, that was my entire job was just publishing articles and links on my website, Seanblanc.net. And uh, so I didn't have a customer avatar or a customer profile. Uh, what I had was an ideal reader. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, in terms of podcasting, it's it's very similar. Like who's yeah. your ideal listener? Listener, yeah. And for me, I actually had a person who was my ideal reader. His name was Sean Spurdy, a really good friend of mine who had, you know, like he and I had become friends through the blogging Twitter sphere, you know, back in the day. And so when I would write articles or when I would write links, I had him in mind going, is this something that he would find interesting? Is there a story in here that he's going to want to read? Is this a link to something that he would like? And and you just kind of got that that ideal reader. Um, this is something like John Gruber wrote about when, uh, you know, for his site, Daring Fireball, he talked about his ideal reader is actually, he called it like a second version of himself. And he goes, this person is interested in all the same things I'm interested in. He cares about what I care about. Um, and so he's like, all the design decisions that I make on the site, all the, the articles that I choose to link to, the stories I choose to tell, all of that stuff is with this ideal reader or this ideal listener in mind. Um, so that was, you know, that was instrumental, like having that ideal reader for, for all the, the stuff that I was doing. And then you just kind of, you know, who you're trying to target. Yeah. Um, something we've done recently now. So now that I've kind of switched, I'm still a writer for sure, but we're definitely have switched a lot of our focus now toward, you know, direct sales and building a customer base and, you know, selling products to our audience. And so it's like, I, I still have like the ideal reader, like who am I writing this for? Who's, you know, who's this product being created for? Um, but you, it's it's gone beyond just an individual person that I know. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually did like a, a customer profiling. Um, I don't even know like what the official term would be. Uh, but I have a guy who works for me full time. His name's Isaac. And so we, we took a couple big, just giant, giant sticky pad things. They're, I mean, I don't even know how big they're. they're. They're like two feet by three feet. They're huge. These giant sticky notes. And uh, wait, wait, up. wait, where do you get those? Um, can you get those on Amazon? Probably, I, I love the idea of just some massive lawnmower on Amazon, so I'm sure you can get <laughs> sticky notes. Okay, um, sorry I interrupted you, but I'm just yeah. really curious. Yeah, I, I, we got ours at Office Max, Office Depot, okay, uh, type of thing, which, which is weird. Like, you drive to this store and you can walk in and they sell like products around the shelves, and oh, you have to pick it up with your hand novel. And, and then drive it home yourself. Like, hmm. it's, so crazy. Seems like a seems like a waste of time. Like the, have you ever seen the best buy, <laughs> like the guy that photoshopped the Best Buy logo to say Amazon Showroom? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it, it's sad it's, but true. Sad but true. 
So anyway, so this uh, customer profiling, exp- uh, um, you know, session, whatever, where basically have these four quadrants and I'm going to blank on what they are, but basically it's, uh, you know, what do they, what do they think? What do they feel? Uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm totally going to screw it up. Um, I can edit this all out later if you want. What do they think? <laughs> what do they feel? What do they, I can't remember exactly what, what do they it think? is. What, what do they feel? What do they want? What do they want? And like, what do they say or something like that? And it's basically yeah. the idea is you're trying to, to, to get this picture of, who is you know this this person? Who is this person? In terms of what are the things that they say? You know, like I love my family. Um, I like to watch Netflix. I you know mm-hmm. whatever, right? Like I want to learn things? how to make a podcast. I want to learn how to make a podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Like what are and it's not just business, but it's just life. Like what are the right, kind right. of phrases that they might say? What are the kind of if you asked them about what they care about? What are the yeah. things that they would list? Um, you know, what are they? What are their pain points? Yep. That they're feeling in life. Um, you know, for, so for us, as we're creating this customer avatar, uh, we named him Brian and we just like found a random, you know, just a picture of somebody <laughs> and just stuck it up there, right? Just to, to begin to kind of just, hey. just even humanize the person because right, you know what, right. this is a real person that yeah. exists out there. Yeah. Um, and so basically, you know, we, we talked about, you know, here's Brian and we came up with this stuff like, you know what, Brian has a job that he kind of likes, but yeah. he's he's got these other creative ideas that he really wants to pursue. And he's maybe he wants to take it full time. Maybe not. That's not really the most important thing for him. The most important thing for him is getting his best creative work out there yeah. and, and, and being able to do it and, and feel that he's making progress on the areas of life that matter to him. But he's also a dad. Uh, he's also a husband. He, he cares about his family quite a bit. He cares about his kids, you know, and so he wants to, he still wants to be available for them. Uh, and when he comes home from work, he's usually really tired. So he does, mm. you know, the evenings for him don't feel like a good time to do his creative work, but he's not a morning person either. So he just doesn't know when he's going to get the time, right? Like, so these are like, these are some of like the scenarios or like the stories that begin to emerge as you you just begin to write stuff out about, you know, these person, like what are the pain points that they feel? What are the things, yeah. you know, when they look around, what they see, what kind of car, what kind of car does, dry, but does Brian drive? Does he huh. like minivans? Does he have a minivan? How many kids does he actually have? You know, and you just kind of really start to just come up with this stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's, you can actually like, there's a lot that you can even do if you really want to get to like a higher level of doing these customer profiles where you actually do interviews with your customer base. I do this. Mm-hmm. I do and this. I, I I try to meet people and talk to them. No, it's uh, especially when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, and so you can actually begin to get a real life picture of your real life audience. And um, and so like there's this thing that we did. Uh, there's a book. Yeah, an, an empathy map right here in the in the chat. It's a, that's pretty much exactly uh, what it is. You take the take the empathy map to create your customer profile. Um, so so basically, right? So. Something that we did, uh, we ran this survey to our our email list, and also we ran a se- separate one to our um, customer list. And it was, you know, hey, when it comes to focus, what's your single greatest challenge? And it was just this open ended question where people could just write stuff down. And you get a lot of, you know, some people say time, right? Like yeah. they'll be, you know, they'll be like, hey, what's your biggest challenge? And it's time, or I can't focus, I'm distracted, right? But then you get some people who go man, I am trying to build my photography portfolio website on the side because I love photography and I'm trying to, to grow it. And I'm working this other job and when I come home in the evenings, I, you know, family's first, I spend time with family and by the time the kids are in bed, I've only got about an hour left in the day 
and I'm just so tired. I don't want to spend time trying to work on my photography website. So I just don't know where to get started. And so you go, okay, that person's response versus someone who goes, eh, time, right? Like the person who gives this big in-depth answer to that challenge, like they're really in touch with their pain point. Uh, and this is actually uh, kind of pull out, there's a book called Ask by a guy, Ryan Levesque, and you can find it on Amazon. And he kind of teases out, like you do this, you ask these questions and then you separate the people with the longest answers. You put their answers up at the top and then you, <laughs> you cut the list at like 20%, the bottom 80%, you forget about those people and you look at the top 20%, like these hyper responders is what they're called. And you go, okay, what are their challenges? What are their pain points? You know, so Aaron, you could do this and you could say, you know, when it comes to, to building a podcast, when it comes to doing your podcast, what's mm -hmm. your single greatest challenge? And you'll probably have someone who says, building my list or, right. you know, building my audience or yep. technical stuff. But then you might have someone yep. who, who really gives this heartfelt, in-depth answer. And yeah. that person is really hungry for a solution. That person is going to pay for a solution. That person is going to digest. When you give them something, they're going to they're gonna check it out. Um, and so you look for the people, these hyper responders. And so that's what we did, uh, you know, and so that's how we figured out like our biggest pain points for, for people that go through the focus course. Uh, it's, it's one of three, yay, four primary buckets, so to speak. Uh, and basically it's time management. It's getting traction on their business or side project. It's finding clarity about what's important to them and what they should be doing about it. And then a lot of people also feel overwhelmed with, all that's already happening in life, or they look at the the thing that they're trying to, to make progress on and they just feel overwhelmed. They don't even know where to start. Uh, and really all of these things, they feed off of each other. And, and when one's kind of in a rough spot, then the others begin to get in a rough spot as well. And so we go, okay, these are the four main challenges that we're going to address as part of the focus course that we're going to address in all of our writing. Like this is it because the people that fit within these four buckets they're the people that are willing to pay for a solution. And so then you read the responses, you read the actual answers, and you you take the language that people are saying, and you use it in your, your articles. You answer their actual questions in podcast episodes. You use it in your marketing language, you know, the landing page for your product or your podcast or your sign up or whatever. You use the actual language of your hyper-responder customers. And then you're, you're now, not only are you listening to them, but you know who that, per, that ideal customer is, but you're also even speaking their language. And, you know, A, it's going to be cool because hopefully you'll do more sales, but B, you're actually going to connect with the people that you want to connect with. And yeah, like that's the whole point, right? Like that's why we're here. Uh, so that's a huge, that's one of the huge benefits of having these customer profiles uh, is because you can, it can help you stay focused on who you're trying to talk to and what it is that you're trying to talk about to help them. That's mind-blowing. That's fantastic. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and I, at the core, I kind of know this stuff, but hearing you explain it that way just made it even more clear for me. And I, and I just love that. And so that, so, oh man, there were so many different ways I could take that off. Um, I, I, let's, let's take it, I want to take it in this direction. So one of the most common questions I get about podcasting is, about growing an audience. It's always, how do I get more attention? How do I get more listeners? How do I grow an audience? And I love what you said right here that like using your, your, uh, your ideal, your customer, like your um, customer avatar, would you come call them like ideal reader, ideal listener? Yeah. Using customer their profile, language, customer, avatar, customer yeah. profile. Yeah. Using, using their language 
in your podcast episodes, in your blog posts, you know, for titles for your episodes, all that stuff. That's how you create a deep connection with them. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where listeners come from. Like so many people think that they're they're magically going to get a hundred thousand people to go listen to their podcast, and they they won't have any idea of who these people are. They're just like you know nameless face like faceless avatars on the internet or something. No, it's like in especially in the beginning, you start small. You develop relationships with people who care passionately about the thing that you're talking about. And by investing in them and getting to know them and asking like asking them questions, like regardless of whether you're doing some kind of business thing or not, like just talking to them and getting to know their language is how you're going to resonate with them and either even more people. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, we had a, I had a thing on here to, to ask you about growing your audience and developing deep relationships with it. But that's, I just thought that that was a fantastic answer. Like, but but since it's since we're here, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and ask you that question anyways. How have what what methods have you found effective for growing an audience uh, and developing deeper relationships? I think there's uh, that's a great question. Everyone wants to know the answer to this, right? Right. For me, there's three three primary like keys to growing an audience, and so consistency is mm. is core, right? And I, I think this is a, a phrase, you know, the Sean West community, it's it's a phrase that I like to use. It's it's show up every day. And so that consistency and just, you know what, like we're just people of habit. The internet is this thing of, you know, habit and whatever. And so you've got to have that consistency where you're just in the the in in people's regular cycles in terms of their life. I think, you know, Sean McCabe talks about this a lot of you want to be within that weekly cycle at at a minimum, uh, if if you can. And, and just showing up on a regular basis. Um, but also, like, that's just the way people just know you're going to be there. And there's something about just that consistency. And one of the ways that you you develop this audience where people are tracking with you, that they're, they're paying attention to what it is, is, is when you are showing up consistent, consistently, not only do you kind of earn their trust, but also there's this expectation and there's this anticipation of, of what's next, this anticipation of future value. Uh, and and so you want to have that, and that's that's huge, right? Because then people are, you know, I want to know what's next. I want to follow part of this story. I want to be here. So the the consistency is huge, uh, honesty or transparency, mm-hmm. and yeah. this comes out a lot of ways, right? Like you know, in some ways, you want to have the transparency of just you know, I love how Nathan Barry talks about teach what you know, and and sharing what you know, and and having that, but also the human element, like that that passion, the the persona like the who you are as an individual and just humanizing yourself is so helpful because like that's you know we don't want to connect with brands we want to connect with people and mm-hmm. and so especially like as a as an indie entrepreneurs or indie creative folks when you are running your own thing you are a brand but you're also a person and you've got to keep the the, the person aspect of it like the human aspect of it you got to keep it there and allowing, you know, allowing the mistakes to show through, allowing like your passions to show through, uh, you know, so like for me on, on my website, on Sean I wrote, I kind of cut my teeth and grew my audience originally writing about Apple stuff and tons of, you know, product reviews, super nerdy, gadgety stuff. Right. But yeah. I also would write about coffee and I would also write about camera gear and I would also write about, um, you know, like books that I was reading or, you know, just music and things like that, right? Like just stuff other, you cared about. Exactly. Other interests that yeah. were, you know, 
related to Apple gear because it was my site and I can write about whatever I want, you know, but like yeah. that humanized the, the work that I was doing. And I, and I mean, so many people like they came to my site because of the Apple stuff, but they stayed because of the coffee stuff, right? Like, it, you know, the, so your, your focus, like your niche or your niche, however you want to pronounce it, like that is, that's what's going to draw your audience. That's going to be your rally cry, but you've got to have these ancillary interests out there because then like that's what's going to keep people interested you know you're you're a real person with real interests who is not just this robot spinning off the same thing all the time da, 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 you know um so so that so the consistency the honesty and then the third one is is relationships like with other people uh yeah. huge and so i try to make a point to i i I'm, i stink at it but i'm trying to you know <laughs> reply to emails when when people email in replying back to them um, but yeah. also, you know, Aaron, something that like, like, here's a prime example is having me on your show. Yeah. Right. And so just the, the, you know, the actual practicality of it, when this show goes live, you know, I'm going to tweet about it. And I'm going to link to it and I'm going to, I'm going to point the people that track with me over to your stuff. And yep. that's a way for you to grow your audience. But it's also now it's a way for me to grow my audience. You know, your yeah. listenership, a lot of people don't have no idea who I am. And now hopefully yep. some of them will come check me out and and sign up for our stuff. And so there's a really cool dynamic here uh, of just, you know, introducing other people, you know, to, you know, introducing your your group to someone else. And hopefully that person will also introduce their audience to who you are. And that's just a great way of just, you know, that's a great way to sh- to, to grow your audience. Um, so, and, you know, doing guest based podcasts, I mean, that's, you know, super awesome. It's uh, really big. Yeah. It. And some that I did back in the day when I was first starting my site, um, I did, I didn't, I did interviews like blog interviews, right. Where I, the whole thing was conducted on over email and it was just this back and forth email with, you know, I did one with like Daniel Jelkett who used to work at Apple. And then he, I know that guy, you know, he He's started cool. red sweater, uh, does a podcast. Yeah, and he has like the best blogging app on the planet for the Mac. It's Mars Edit, right? Super great app. So I emailed yeah. him. I, I uh, did an interview with him. I did an interview with John Gruber, um, interview with Brent Simmons, like all these people that were super famous Apple people, right? And so like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going back and forth with these guys and doing posting their interviews. And then, you know, they link to me on my site mm-hmm. and, and, and I get this, you know, influx of new readers. Um, you know, or like you find someone, you know, I, I find software that was awesome and I would do these super in-depth reviews about it. And then, you know, these people would link to those reviews. And so like just, you know, honoring other people, connecting with other people and just doing stuff that is, you know, worth talking about. Uh, and then, you know, the, the, the word will spread. So that consistency, just being transparent, being honest, who you are, having the, the passion and the human dynamic to, to the work that you mm-hmm. do. And then just trying to connect with other people and and do things that will, you know, that people are going to want to talk about and and whatnot. Like, you know, I mean, another example is Summit that we're doing, the Focus Summit. It's, you yes. know, I mean, I got 12 people. I'm like way punching, way, way, way above uh, my, my my weight class here with some of these, these folks. Um, and it's a chance to hopefully get some of their audience to, to discover the work that we're doing and vice versa. Like, I think that I hope that, People that come up for you know to sign up for this summit, they'll get introduced hopefully to some new folks and some new people that is you know they're going to find some incredible resources and things like that. Uh, and it's just it's just fun, you know. I mean, we're all just folks just trying to do our best work, right? So, absolutely, yeah. So, all of that, I love that. That's one of the 
best answers for building an audience that I've ever heard. Yes. The thing that the thing that I'm working on, I just want to share this. The thing that I'm working on right now is investing more time in my listeners. So there's this kind of it's it's hard sometimes because you can you can spend all your time in the world talking to people on the internet. As I'm sure you know, people people I'm sure are constantly emailing you asking for your thoughts and your advice and your feedback on stuff. And you're you try to stay really, really focused. Um, but something that I've wanted to do is spend a little bit of time every day, like on Twitter, reaching out and telling someone I appreciate what they do. Or if somebody emails me having a conversation in, in depth, giving them, you know, 15, 20 minutes of focus time to reply, to ask them and even asking them questions. Like someone says, Hey, thanks for doing your show. I really appreciate this thing. Uh, I'll reply and say, thank you so much. How's your podcasting journey going? Like, what are you what are you working on right now? Like, what's what do you want to get better at? And there's been some great conversations that have come out of that. And so, so trying to trying to invest a little bit more in my listeners. And I'm at the point now where like I've started inviting some of them on the show. It's like, hey, you sound like you'd be a cool person to talk about podcasting with. Would you like to come on the show? That's awesome. And and so it just and so it just kind of spreads. And it is that that building of that community that will eventually attract people because I only have, you know, when I started, I had 30, 40 friends, right? Maybe a couple hundred followers. Mm-hmm. Well, every new person that finds my show and gets to know me as a person and who respects the work I do, they might have 200 people that follow them and they share my show with those people. And it just, it just spreads out from there. It just becomes this, this big, this big net and you can eventually reach people that are far outside of your social social circle just by connecting with the people you can connect with right now and then letting them do the work of sharing your stuff with with their people too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, that's fantastic. So we're getting too close to the end of the episode. We need to wrap it up. But I told everyone in the beginning that I would get you to talk about this focus summit that you got coming up. So what's the deal with this? What's this uh, this online focus summit that you're doing? Tell us a little bit about that. No, the summit, man, I am so pumped about this. I am super excited. We have like Jocelyn Gly, who just wrote this book called Unsubscribe. And uh, just fantastic, <laughs> fantastic book. And it's about, you know, email distractions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, we got Josh Kaufman. He wrote The Personal MBA, which anyone... That's a good book. Yeah. Anyone who is trying to do anything related to business, like you need to read The Personal MBA. It is a bargain. So much good advice. Literally, like, it's like a $35 book and it could easily just be... It could... Like that book is so packed. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. excellent, excellent stuff. So, you know, we got Josh Kaufman, you know, Sean McCabe obviously is on it. You know, Sean and I talk a lot about kind of like how quantity leads to quality, which ties right in with this stuff of, you know, showing up every day. Um, so we got some really good stuff. Uh, anyways, the summit's going to be really, really cool. It starts, uh, I think you said when this podcast drops, we're yeah. going to be, that's the summit's going to be kicking off. Um, so, and you got a link there in the show notes that people can sign up for. It's totally free. And then uh, after the summit wraps up, we're actually opening up registration for our focus course, uh, which is like, that's kind of become like my flagship product that kind of changed everything for me in terms of just the course of, you know, n- you know, no pun intended, but where I was focusing on was mm-hmm. I came out with this focus course as like the next product in a series of, you know, I had a dundalize in the details, um, you know, and I wanted to do, I wanted to write a book about diligence and productivity. And so I wrote the book and then long story short, I realized that it needed to be a course. I felt like the, the, the way that I wanted to, to 
get these ideas across was I'm like, I don't want it to be a book that someone reads and highlights and thinks is cool and then puts back on their shelf and then returns to life as usual. Yeah. It's like I want something that is really going to affect change. And mm-hmm. so I knew that a book would probably go farther and broader and, and you know reach total number of more people. But I'm like, I would rather fewer people go through my course, but a higher percentage of them, a higher number of people actually really get real impact. And so for me, like the book ended up turning into the focus course. And we've had, uh, I think, close to 1,300 people now have gone through it. And it's just this, you know, it's basically it's productivity training for creative people and entrepreneurs and leaders. Yeah. Um, but it's way, way more than that. It's not like tips and tricks. It's what I call meaningful productivity. So it actually gets to like the core, like the heart, like the foundation of what do you really care about? And how are you really spending your time? So like this is not a, hey, you know, five life hacks that are going to help me go through my in- email inbox better, right? It's, right. it's like hard questions that are going to make me challenge my assumptions about my family and my work and my downtime and my rest time, you know? And it's like anyone that thinks like that taking a nap will actually improve productivity, then the, the focus course is for you. Like that's kind of our- That's me. You know, because it, it goes, you got to have- you got to have a healthy life to do your yeah. best work. You know, it's like oh, we yeah. talked about earlier. It's you can't sprint this in the marathon thing. Um, you got to have that breathing room. So anyway, so the focus course opens up um, after the summit is over and I'm super excited about it. And we got a whole, we're going to have a whole group of people uh, cruising through in January. We're doing like a winter class for it. And we got some forums where everyone can kind of share their progress and it's going to be a blast. I'm really excited about it. Um, so yeah, so summit is free and then the, the focus course itself is going to be something that we're, we're charging for, obviously. Yeah. Um, well, you gotta, you gotta charge for things or else people won't take it seriously. You, no, you know, it's super you, true. <laughs> you gotta no, invest. That's something else. We didn't get into that earlier when we were talking about the pricing stuff, but that's another yeah. reason to, to charge for your work is because someone's actually going to, they're going to have skin in the game. They're going to find like value for it. They got to ask themselves, um, yeah, like, exactly. okay, do I think that this is going to help me enough in my journey on my life to actually put money towards? Mm-hmm. Yep. And if they answer that question for themselves, then give you that money, make that choice to give you that money, then they are going to say, okay, I told myself, like, I believe that this is worth my time, so I need to invest my time in it. Yep, exactly. Very true. Awesome. So, Sean. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. Where should people go if they want to follow you, connect with you, ask you questions? What's a, what's a good place for them to do that? Twitter is a great spot. I'm at Sean Blanc on Twitter. And that's S-H-A-W-N-B-L-A-N-C. Uh, a lot yeah. of people email me and tell me that I always say Sean West and Sean McCabe, and they have no idea how to spell that. So uh, <laughs> a lot of Sean's in here. Yeah. So, and then uh, the focus course, of course, I'll have links to all this stuff. And then also your SeanBlanc.net. Is that right? Yep. Well, I mean, I also.com and .org and I, I think oh, okay. like what do I have here? UK probably. Who knows? I, I tried to get them all. Well, it's a good idea. Websites, domains are good. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I don't know why I saved SeanBlanc.net. Hmm. That's, well, that's what it is. It is SeanBlanc.net. Oh, okay. But you can go but to it's any also of them and, and, and then they drop you. If you go to any of the other ones, they drop you over. Okay. I'm sure there's a story behind why you chose .net, but we don't have to go into that. It was it was me on the internet, right? So it's SeanBlanc.net. On the net. On the net. On, gotcha. On the net. Okay. Instead of com, which used to stand for what? Commerce or yep. commercial? Yeah. 
any weird internet nerd things. Okay, Sean, thanks so much. <laughs> yes. If uh, <laughs> if anyone is interested in talking to me, you can hit me up at Aaron at the podcastdude.com. If you enjoyed this, Corey Miller says .com stands for company. Uh, maybe, sure. I don't even know anymore. I'm sure it's uh, on if Wikipedia. You do, <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, I'd really appreciate it if you went to iTunes and left me a review. Told, tell me what you think. Tell me what you'd like me to talk about. You can also go to the podcastdude.com slash iTunes. That'll redirect you wherever you are. Uh, you will need an iTunes account. So, But but I really appreciate you. It helps other people find the show, and which will help the show keep going and, and help other people because there are, you know, as much as we might not realize it, there are new kids coming up, 20-year-olds, 22-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 16-year-olds, whatever, that are interested in podcasting and doing creative work. The The puck doesn't stop with you. We... We as people who have benefited from other people teaching and learning online or teaching and sharing online, we have a responsibility to share what we know and pass it on to the next generation. So help other people find this, create some stuff for, for the next generation of your own. And um, yeah, check out SeanWest.com. That is S-E-A-N-W-E-S.com for more great, fantastic content like this. Uh, I was going to say, I didn't get to mention it, but if you're curious about this whole deep work and focusing, I did an episode of the Sean West podcast, uh, episode 257, com slash 257, where I talked about how I plan my morning and how the deep work book has really changed my life. And it's just one of those, uh, it's the best episode I've ever done, hands down. So com slash 257. And all the podcasts on the Sean West network are phenomenal. So just go subscribe to all of those. I don't, uh, I don't always say that, but everybody here is amazing. So... It's Shama's community. Join it. It's great. Get access to tons and tons of great content, stuff to learn. It'll help you change your life. Like it's great. It's great. All right. So let's see. I think um I think that's it. That's gonna be it for the show. I, I'm gonna see if we have some questions. So, but I'm gonna play the outro music and then we'll jump into the after show. All right. That's how I that's how I do my show. Let's do it. <sighs> so you got a busy day rest of the day. Do you take afternoons off or do you just keep working? I uh, keep working. Usually. Oh, okay. Usually. I asked you before the show, do you take naps? And you said, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. I, I love a good nap. Right, so that's going to do it for the first part of this interview. I did get some great questions and Sean and I actually had a fantastic talk about pro- productivity and planning out your mornings and your days and identifying the, your most important work and what you can do to be more productive and get more important work done. And that's going to be coming next week. I cut some of this episode and included the after show because there were a bunch of great questions in next week's episode, which will be the podcastdude.com slash 73 when it goes out. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening and have a great week.